Alrighty, welcome into the official Guru Nation Fantasy Football Podcast where we got a special guest today. We got my guy, Kenny Stevens, from Trinity and now in Omega. How are we doing? Doing good, man. Just got off the horn with uh, with Joe a little while ago, um, ironing out some more details as we go. Uh, got a pretty good framework for Omega rolling already and we're excited to get our uh, new members added in the next couple weeks. Yeah, you were like this this sneaky ad. Um, I, I knew you would be a really good ad, and then once I added you to the team, I knew it would be a lot tougher pulling some <laughs> of those Trinity votes, man. And you definitely you definitely snuck a couple away, and I, that, that ended up being um, a big reason why you guys won, man. So tell me, like, what were your thoughts on, you know, joining forces with Spit and when he reached out to you originally? You know, I originally, I think it was, uh, had talked to Major uh, a couple weeks back originally about being a part of his council before kind of stuff got kind of thrown out of whack there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was excited. I've been, uh, last year was my first year um, doing fantasy football for Dynasty. Okay. Um, and you know what? It was, I, I fucking love the Guru Nation, and I was pumped to be able to keep it rolling with Omega. Uh, I'm bummed I'm not going to have you to go head-to-head with me. <laughs> and we still got possibly our one league. We're killing it Possibly right make some more boneheaded trade, but <laughs> I, I am excited about Tyler Lockett. That's like the big like reason I'm not killing myself right now for trading Hopkins away. Lockett is pretty excited about his future lock lock it's real nice man all right so let's let's take it back a notch um yeah. start last year um just so kind of people know the history how did you originally get involved in guru nation who kind of recruited you in so i believe what happened was miguel posted uh something on twitter yes and so i got in too <laughs> yeah so what happened was i had been looking i decided at the end of fantasy football in 2017 that I was like, I'm doing dynasty next year. I didn't care how I got into it. I was like, I know next to nothing, next to nothing about this shit. So I started following a bunch of people. And I think that's how you and I like also started interacting like a lot on Twitter too, was just like some of those like dynasty follows and started following a couple of these guys here and there. And one time somebody retweeted Miguel's um, PSI index and I, I was checking that out and I was looking back and I was like, damn, this guy hit on a lot of stuff from like a couple years ago, like looking at the historical data. And so I started following Miguel. And then when he posted about the opening, I, I was like, jumped on it immediately. And when York reached out and was like, hey, I know it's February, but we need you to pay the deposit now. I was like, fuck it, let's go. Yes, yes, <laughs> man. That is so awesome. And I, I'm sure a lot of people you know, reached out to me. It was, I mean, he's a, he's a big count on Twitter, and when he reached out, I actually, this was before I even created my personal. I had my podcast um, Twitter that I was using, and I reached out to him through there. He's like, yo, okay. you've been selected. I, and I've never done IDP before. This was like, this was also yeah, like my first official year doing too. Dynasty. So I was like, I knew, I was kind of in the same boat as you. It was like, um, I played in a free Dynasty League before, just kind of see if I liked it or not, and I wanted to like fully dive into it. So, you know, it was IDP, and I was, like, scared. I was, like, screw it, man. I just I just want to do it. And then greatest decision ever, man, because yeah. here we are, man. No, I mean, my strategy going into last year was to be aggressive in the draft and trade up and kind of 
mortgage future picks for the present and mm-hmm. tried to go all in last year didn't quite make it but still excited about the boys got some good young talent yeah still no I, I think i think coming out of the draft you're you're sort of probably my favorite team just the way it was set up because you had vets but you also had like good core guys that you could build around and i think that that was really key unfortunately like just injuries kind of hit you like no other this year which was unfortunate but at the same time you de- i mean i'm definitely impressed with what you were able to do in the league and i know you have a bright future there not only there but in omega as well um oh, no no and uh i mean what a perfect segue there but no really looking forward to omega joe and the rest of the council and i um really got uh starting to get things ironed out and can't wait to get the new members added and move on to draft season and all of that mm-hmm. so yeah i i um actually just finished talking with um joseph not too long ago earlier today he hopped on a little bit he gave a little breakdown but i want, I want to hear from your perspective um being on yeah. the council like what are things that you are going to be bringing that you have brought to the table in terms of ideas and things that you plan on bringing to the table to make in terms of your ideas so one big thing that we want to do definitely once we before everything gets finalized um this spring early summer once we get the new members added and have that facebook set up we really want to hear from them what they want to add to Omega because it's not just us. And that was kind of what we were preaching from the beginning. We kind of want to do what everybody else wants. Like we, we want to listen to ideas and we'll talk about it and see what we feel actually works logistically given mm-hmm. everything else and what we got to kind of do for the other guru framework. But we're really excited for that. And I mean, I've brought a bounced a couple ideas off of Joe that uh, we can get into in a few minutes as I kind of run through, but like, we, we talked about like some potential ideas like uh, tight end bonuses, for mm-hmm. example. But that one kind of, once we kind of got into it, it was like, yeah, with 16 teams, like you're already kind of scraping the barrel for like startable tight end some of the time. Because I think it's the top 12 tight ends are really what drive like 90% of the production at the position. Um, and after that, it's just. So trying try to add on bonuses to that didn't work. But I think one thing we will do is uh, reduce some of the points that kickers can get. Mm-hmm. So um, rather than maxing out at five, I think we'll try and do something like three, three and a half, and four points okay. for field goals. Um, and we're also going to, I think, adopt a slow draft like we did nice, Trinity this nice. past year. So that was a big thing that Mike and I were kind of pushing that – I, I absolutely love that. It took a little bit too long in Trinity last year, so I think we're going to play around with the time settings on mm-hmm. pick. Um, probably do something um, like preset that we're going to have. The first round is going to be pretty quick because really in the first round, it's like you're wheeling and dealing for picks, but you know who your guy is in that first round. Yeah. So first round will probably be a little bit shorter than the mid-rounds because mid-rounds you got to take a little bit more time. And then at the end of the draft – speed that shit up like let's go we don't need to take a week and a half to get through the draft again but um i think we're going to be doing 30 roster spots for omega um and because of that we're going to drop it down to one ir spot and still going to keep the three starting idp so defensive line uh defensive backs and linebackers all start one and then we're going to up the amount of transactions during the season to 50 okay I think so, that with the extra added roster spots, it kind of 
warrants that. So that's a nice little ad there. Yeah, exactly. Because I know one thing that I always was kind of pinched for. I was like, there are defensive guys that I'm like, every week I'm kind of thinking, all right, what's going on this week? But you're also looking at what's going on in two, three, four weeks. Or who's a good guy to stash? But you're like, when you're kind of planning for this season, sometimes even with fucking 27 roster spots, you're a little bit strapped at times. Mm. So. I think the extra roster spots and uh, the extra transactions will really benefit that because early in the season I was timid to make moves because I thought I was going to blow through it mm-hmm. through all my transactions. And then end of the season, I'm sitting there with 20-plus transactions still. I'm like, all yeah. right, we got to make some changes next year. Like we got we got to go after our guy like rather than beating around the bush on whether we want to keep this third-string running back. Like Go exactly. after your guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that, that's more focused on you guys, so you are able to be more, everyone's able to be a little more aggressive in free agency instead of more kind of um, worried about, you know, maxing out your transactions. Yeah, exactly. Like, especially at the beginning of the season when you don't know, like, exactly how things are going to flow for your team yet. You might be a little timid with that 50. I think it's going to kind of open up people to be a little bit more aggressive early on. Hmm. That's actually, I, I, I like that idea. Little, little tweaks and changes there. Um, changing the subject a little bit um, in regards to you and what you bring to council, um, do you have any experiences all as a commissioner in a fantasy football league? Yeah, so that was actually one of the things that I pitched to Miguel when he reached out to me saying mm-hmm. I kind of won the selection um, through Twitter. So I've been commissioner of a, friend, a league with some college friends for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've had, yeah, we just had our fifth season. I've won it twice. Nice. Um, and that was kind of like very soft introduction to Dynasty. So we had a two-keeper league with mm-hmm. that, you could trade draft picks. So that was through ESPN and everything. And I kind of, I was always the one who was kind of pushing for like more like innovative rules. Like, let's get fucking nuts. Like yeah. in a normal 12-team redraft, I was always pushing for like super flex, which I could never get people on board enough with because they were... Everybody was like kind of like nervous about it. I wanted to do auction drafts, which is, I don't know if, if it's going to happen, but one thing I did pitch to Spitta um, that I've kind of seen kicked around like on Twitter and stuff was an auction style for the rookie draft. Okay. So not this year, but next year. It's something that we're kind of just feeling out, really. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to put any commitments out there for that, but um, we're always looking at innovative ideas for. And I mean, that's kind of what I think. Like, I'm, I'm not afraid to try out like a crazy ass new format, just kind of see what happens. Um, if the league supports it and the league wants to do it, we'll see what we can do. Um, so I think for right now, we're going to keep the rookie and the other draft formats kind of standard like that. But I'm, I'm really happy that we're doing the slow draft and everything. Um, but I've commissioned, been commissioner of that league for five years. And I have, I also run a work league with another buddy uh, for the last two years now. Nice. So, and I, I, I think some experience with all, with all that. That's so. awesome. And I, th- I think that's one thing I really like about having you be part of this thing with Omega is the fact that you are bringing innovative ideas. And I think that's something that, you know, Guru Nation, when it comes to expand, each league has to have its own different identity and what they do. And they have to have something different that makes it unique. And I think that, you know, pushing for these ideas that, you know, may, may from some people's perspective say, may seem a little out there, but at the same time when there's logic behind it and there's reasons behind why you're doing it, I think it makes sense to start trying these things because if it works in one league, then it can help the other Guru Nation and maybe some of these other leagues to start to adopt some of these rules. Yeah, like kind of going back with that, like with kickers, that was one thing. Like I, 
I'm all for like just eliminating kickers. Yeah. Like I would prefer to eliminate kickers outright because I think it's the difference in points between the like I, I think this statistic is a couple years old, but it's like the difference between the number two and the number twelve kicker is like twenty four points. Yeah. At season end, not even. And so it's like if you have such a small difference week to week, one to two points per week in production between the top twelve kickers. Exactly. If there's that little variance season long, but there's such the potential for that swing week to week, and I'm like, there's no, there's not a ton of skill in that. It's like, yeah, you might have a good matchup one or two weeks, and you can kind of exploit that based off of the waiver wire. But in Guru Nation, like with 16 teams, you don't have the ability to mix and match waiver wire kickers all the time. Everybody's carrying at least one, and some guys got two. So you got on bye weeks, you've got maybe four kickers to pick from. So it's like you don't really have that option to customize your team with it. So I was kind of all in favor of just axing kickers, adding a position elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things like you kind of listen to other people and it's like, I know we're trying to keep this traditional fantasy. Of course, of course. Kickers are in the NFL. That's true. At least the next couple position... years. At least the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Until they all start losing their jobs. Yeah, no, I'd be surprised if they get rid of kickoff, <laughs> which is going to suck, because then no more Matthew Slater for the Pats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we need those guys. We need, we need those special teamers. Yeah. No, and I mean, I'm always looking, like, my ears open. I'm looking at what other leagues are doing, and I'm happy to pitch those ideas to the council or to the Omega members whenever that those things arise. So I feel like that's really what I bring is, like, I'm always kind of looking for those new ideas, and I'm not afraid to kind of pitch some crazy things out there. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that your personality when it comes to these leagues, I think it attracts some of the some of these people who are also looking at these innovative ideas. Do you have any people that you have, you know, recruited or are currently recruiting that you think would be good fits for Guru Nation? Yeah, so right now I've pretty much already got one of my friends locked in uh, back home. He's a freshman year roommate of mine. Been buddies with him for about the last eight years now. Nice. Um, yeah, so he's been in. He was actually one of the guys who recruited me to my first league about seven years ago. Uh, swindled the shit out of me year one. Really? Oh my god, this was bad. This was when I was like a casual football fan and didn't know the ins and outs and everything. And he pulled the classic, like I'll trade you three quarters for a dollar trade. Yeah. Throwing you all your bench players for your best player. That's how it Oh my God. I've learned half the things I know about fantasy football from this guy. (laughs) I swear. I think the trade was something like Steven Ridley. And this is back in like 2013. It was like Steven Ridley and a wide receiver for Marshawn Lynch. Wow. And I am not proud of that. Wow. Like, that was... <laughs> hey, we've all been there, man. You, you got to get through the rough times to get to where you are now. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to get got once or twice before you can start pulling something over on other people. Exactly, exactly. And then, then, you, then you see how they then you're like, all right, got to use that tactic on the new guy. Okay, yeah. It's, so it's like when you pull something over on somebody else, you're like, I don't feel bad. Like, I paid my... <laughs> yeah, exactly, <for> <laughs> exactly. Like, this past year in my work league, I... Uh, one of the senior people on my team, dude, like in his late 40s, early 50s, had never played fantasy before and decided to play this year. We roll up to week three, and he's got Odell Beckham Jr., who had been, first two weeks, was not doing so hot. And 
I, I sent him a message. I was just like, hey, like you looking to trade Odell? I'm like, I know you need running backs because he had a couple guys injured or on IR uh, suspension already at that point. I think I flipped him, um, not Jordan Matthews, Eckler and Aguilar for OBJ. Oh wow! Because they had they had had two oh, great wow. two great weeks to start the season. Yeah. They were both top fifteen at their position. So I'm, I'm rattling off the, the statistics for them and being like, oh, you need the running back, and like, here's a supplemental wide receiver. He's going to get all the volume and everything, and bought it hook, hook line. <laughs> Got him. I definitely felt a little bad about yeah. it. You, you always feel day, a little I'm bad about like, it one day. It's I like, do <laughs> I mean, you look at your team afterwards, and then you feel better. That's how yeah. it works. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff, man. All right, um, so what is your strategy going to be heading into Omega? I know you had a strategy with going more aggressive in Trinity, how do you plan on attacking your draft in Omega? So, talking draft real quick uh, before I go into any of that. So, I think we're definitely we're going to do the slow draft. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to migrate to MFL for this year. Yep. So, just to make it easier for draft pick trading, like Yahoo was great. I think a lot of people had an informal system trading picks like eleven through fifteen to denote next year's picks or 2020 picks and everything but it really relied on the council to keep track of everything mm-hmm. on the side yeah MFL will make that a lot easier and uh, we're talking exactly about how we're going to announce the draft order but i think like york did last year we're going to do some type of live drawing so people don't have any questions people know like everything's above board like you got this pick you know like you saw it done live like everything is copacetic here so we're going to do some type of live drawing, I think, and uh, try and get people involved uh, from the new council. But, yeah, I mean, for me this year, I, I saw guys like Pat Mahomes go off, and late in the year I was scrambling for a quarterback. So while in normal leagues my motto was always wait until round 10 for a quarterback, and I tried, I thought doing something like that in Trinity was going to work real well, me and too. I ended up Alex Smith and uh fucking marcus Mariota, and that didn't work so i think i gotta be a little bit more aggressive in positions that i wasn't familiar with Mm -hmm. and also some of those idp guys like yeah the idp guys you get on any given week can definitely have a good swing if they get a lucky pick or something but you want to have one of you want to have an elite defensive player yeah i think and and that's something that i'm lacking in trinity that i was just like oh like i can get one of these guys like it's all about the big play like you can't predict that then khalil mack goes out and fucking wrecks the entire league just start clubbing them over so i think it's it's important to target at those positions especially with the quarterback where they can trap huge bonuses which is not something that i looked at clearly enough last year yep yep um (laughs) i mean if you ended up with Patrick Mahomes, you kill him. Like, now he's probably no like a first round pick. And, like if you think about it, he's probably a first round pick in like a startup draft in in like this type of league because you're getting six point touchdowns, you're getting those bonuses, and the fact there's sixteen teams, it creates you know more. But then you look at guys like Trubisky, who I ended up with, again, yeah. which stupidly traded in twenty twenty first to get Trubisky, but I was still in the mindset of I'm all in this year yeah. so willing to kind of roll the dice on that and I still think Trubisky's got a good future but Trubisky dropped like 80 points one 
Yeah. Like if you if you can hit the long touchdown, like you got to look around and see like what the team comp is for guys when you're drafting them. So guys like Trubisky, Watson, uh, even Cousins, stuff like that. Guys who got those people who can stretch the field. Like you want to get those big play quarterbacks. So I mean, every year you're gonna have the disappointments. Like Rodgers this year, no, did nobody any favorites. Yeah, and probably went in the second or third round I think in Trinity this past year. But no, I think for me it's definitely. Uh, Invest also a little bit more in some of the younger guys, mm-hmm. which I definitely loaded up very vet heavy yeah. this past year. And not necessarily like planning for the future, but with Dynasty, it's definitely something you got to take a little bit more yeah. insight. It's a safer to. approach where your team, like if you go all in on one year and those vets that you counted on either A, get hurt or they just don't perform like you expect them to, your team is now in a position where you now have to play catch-up, and you have to go. Maybe you traded away those picks that you were hoping that would help you win the championship, and now you don't have those future picks, and these veterans are kind of sitting there. I mean, it just it just, it just kind of puts you behind the eight ball at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, in Trinity, I got Manny Sanders, A.J. Green, McCoy, uh, Alex Smith, Marshawn. Like, great, but Sanders... Who knows where he's going to end up next year? Who knows how long he's got left? Like, coming off the injury, I don't think he's going to have the same season he did this past year. So, it's like, you're always thinking about those types of things. And I think the extra roster spots gives you a little bit more leverage for those youth positions, like some of those reach guys that um, wide receivers, running backs, you're like, all right, you're not ready to break out just yet. But somebody like Elijah McGuire, who I had stashed all year, I was like, you're going to you're gonna work out. Like, all of a sudden, come to the air. It's like, hey, you're putting up some points now. It's like, I'm glad I held on to you. Yeah. Like, you miss out on some of those guys with the, with the lower roster spots, and it's important to kind of just do your research. Like, it kind of definitely went in a little bit, like, guns blazing last year. I was like, all right, I'm going to go target the vet, have a, that win-now approach at the top of the draft. But you got you got to be built for the future. Definitely, definitely. So, like, what, what would you say when it comes to Omega? Like, what is your overall goal in terms of? Omega. When? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be kind of continue the Guru Nation, and I'm excited to bring some of my boys in. So I think, uh, I mean, one of my, my my buddy who I'm talking about, he's uh, he's undefeated versus me. Really? Uh, oh, my gosh. It's bad. I, I've had some bad beats against this guy. Uh, six seasons running, and I'm 11-0 and 0 against him. Dude, I've had the same thing on one of my my best friends. I play him every year, and it doesn't matter if I'm fantasy baseball, fantasy football, anything. I play him every year. Playoffs, non-playoffs, lose every time, man. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like 0-11 against them. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, I think like four of them were decided by less than five points. It's like, some years I have like a great team and have all these like great trades lined up specifically, and I'm like, I got it, and then it's like, Either we have a fucking shootout or it's like crushes me and it's just like I don't know what the fuck I can do. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's like a curse or something, man. Gotta gotta break out no, somehow. I, I swear it. I swear it. Ever since he swindled me on Marshawn, it's just like somehow swindling your buddy got you like the best <laughs> luck for the next half day. <laughs> That's how it works. That's part of the trade. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I didn't even know it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll trade Marshawn and ten wins for the next six seasons. Yeah, like, perfect. This is gonna work out great. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to bring my buddies into it. Uh, definitely excited to do another startup draft and see what I can do there. 
Definitely, man. That's going to be exciting for you to see how it all plays out and seeing how you stack up with the new competition in Omega. I, I know you're going to do a great job there. Um, in regards yeah, to... Other than, other than Mike, it's I haven't played with Cisco or Joe before, so being able to go up against some of those uh, like older guru members is going to be pretty cool, too. Definitely, kind of expanding yeah. the little circle there. So there's a lot more on the line this year because there's another league being created in 2020. And yes. now you have two opportunities to get into that league. Tell me which do you which team or which league do you think it's more likely for you to make it into Infinity? So for the what's the new one called again? I, I know just Infinity. Weeks ago. Infinity, that's Infinity. right. Yeah, Thanos. <laughs> Thanos, big, big, big money league. It's five hundred dollar buy in. It's gonna be top four from every league, and it's gonna be redraft. Top four league. regular season or playoff finishes. Playoff finishes, playoff yep. finishes. So it's gonna be the big dogs. Big dogs joining in, hustling all out for some big money there. Yeah. No. I mean, looking at my team now, I'm pretty happy with the Trinity League. Still, I mean, I got dealing. Tyrell Williams, who's going to cash yes. in this offseason. And he's him and Lockett. Like, that's where I think I have, like, the big chance to really make some waves week to week is Tyrell Williams and Lockett in addition to my studs because those two guys can drop 30, 40 points with one long touchdown each yep. week. Like, both of those guys are made for the guru format. And so having them like Tyrell Williams like who knows where he ends up this year a lot of teams are fucking starved for cash maybe he ends up somewhere like Indianapolis to kind of line up opposite T.Y. Hilton and with Luck slinging the ball I know Luck doesn't traditionally support a wide receiver two all that well but I think there are a lot of interesting landing spots this season I think there's going to be a big shake up in the fantasy landscape but I got Aaron Jones Elijah McGuire Melvin Gordon still McCoy for another round and Marshawn, AJ Green, like I, I think my Trinity squad even still has a, yeah. has a pretty good potential. So we'll see what I can swing. I don't think I have a pick until the third round, unfortunately, Ooh. this year. But uh, for anybody listening to Trinity, I got guys on the block to kind of play with come draft time. Hey, uh, we, we need to talk play. to them. You can just talk to me. Uh, we'll, we'll make this happen. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you know, I got. I mean, I got Kenny Stills, uh, uh. who could be a good talent this year uh we'll see we'll see what happens come draft season but guys like uh Cobb Lockett Tyrell uh I mean I got Burton and Rudolph at tight end so and the illustrious Chicago Bears defense oh nice that's a good one that's yeah so I mean I, I got options if I want to make some moves come draft season but um no, I, I mean, I think uh, Trinity, don't count me out next year. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, but, uh, you don't have to get through me this year, but uh, we'll see We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. No, but Omega, I'm excited, man. I mean, uh, as far as Omega, like, I think pretty good chance to, to make some waves there. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the new talent's going to look like. I know the Trinity class was real tough competition. Everybody knew their shit. Like, there's no pulling anything over anybody in Guru Nation unless no. you're a that's true. That's true. <laughs> I know. Me. It's funny. Um. Side note. Me and AK, like literally moments after I became a Matrix, 
Um, we actually, you know, oh, yeah. have, have, I, I, I like barely saw that, but you're, you're in matrix now, right? Yes. Taking yes. Over for, uh, Yada's team. Yes. I took over Yada's team. So he's got Julio, Keenan Allen and like Marlon Mack. And then that's basically it. It's just a bunch of bench bench ain't good, but, but it's all, it's a solid, solid, solid what squad. Got, I what do you got for draft picks? Uh, all my draft picks. So I, okay. I the, none of them are trading. So I, I, I can work with it. It's a fourth pick. Um, which is weird. I own the in, like every single dynasty league I'm in. I'm in like seven. Every dynasty league except for one, I have the fourth pick for some reason. It's super weird. Go get, go get Harry. <laughs> I want to get Harry if I can. Born and raised out here, man. He's he's a hometown hero. Uh, you know what? I I think come come draft weekend, I think you're gonna see uh, Metcalf. I think he's gonna go top ten, and then I'm praying Harry ends up in Cleveland. Oh, that'd be so nice. I, th- I think Metcalf. I think Metcalf ends up there, but I don't. I don't. So, Some keeps telling me that like Harry's gonna Raiders. end up in Baltimore, man. I don't know why. I I, I think Metcalf could go uh, Oakland. As crazy as it sounds at the top there, even with all that elite pass rushing talent, which I know our uh, our Bay boys are missing Mac. Yeah. But no, I think uh, draft's gonna be real interesting this year. Um, Lot of lot of talent. Pats aren't picking till thirty two, baby. Congrats on that, by the way. Congrats <laughs> on every single one of your teams winning every single year. <laughs> hey, I got two out of t- I got two for two this year so two far with uh, the Red Sox and the Patriots. So hoping that uh, the Celtics can figure their shit out and Bruins uh, making some moves today. Nothing sexy, but who knows what happens? Comes comes the cup. That's true, man. That's true, man. Boston's like a next level, man. That's just that's. If just... Boston gets the sweep in all major sports, if you thought we were obnoxious before, oh man. <laughs> do you guys ever get? How do you get? You just ever get tired of it? Like, you guys have. I've been at I've been at every parade since I've been in college. Oh I, I I would it. Truly, it doesn't get old, and I I know that sounds like bullshit. Like, and it's like oh yada yada yada, but. All those primetime games every year for the Pats, like it, it takes a toll on you, and it's like knowing you got to wait till January for the season to actually start. Yeah. Like, what matters? It's like no bullshit. Like, I know people clown on the AFC East and everything for how easy of a ride that we have, but realistically, looking at it, the Patriots still lose one game a year to the AFC East, and it's like um, the difference in points that we get versus the AFC East versus the rest of the league is like a point three, like is like point wow. three difference. It's, I did not know that. Like, it's like seventy eight percent win rate versus the rest of the league versus seventy five percent in the AFC East, and so it's like yeah, we do slightly better against them. We know these guys, and there's coaching turnover every year because of Bill and Belichick. Yeah, or because of Bill and Bill Brady. And the- and, yeah, <laughs> um, but. I mean, nah, it doesn't get old, man. I'm, I'm up there. I'm, I'm watching every game. I'm, I'm digesting everything, and I'm at all the parades. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing, dude! Such, such, such a great culture down there. Just a great sports, sports culture that anyone who just like lives in it. It's just everything, man. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I grew up ten minutes down the road from the Patriot Stadium in Foxborough. Wow. So yeah, I mean, in high school, it was like I was up, I was up there at like the shops and everything, like next door, like every other weekend. So. I mean, for me, it's. I, I know before Bill and Tom came along and the 
Kraft bought the team before Kroenke was able to get it in St. Louis and everything. Like, team almost got shipped out. Kraft almost sold it and moved it to Hartford, Connecticut. And we're really fortunate to be where we are. I, I know Boston sports fans talk that shit all the time, but it, it's really not taken for granted. People know it's going to come to an end soon, and we're just enjoying it while we can. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah. The, the 41-year-old legend. The 41-year-old <laughs> <laughs> all right man i think uh great talk with you i know that you know we covered a lot of different aspects of you know omega guru nation as well as just some football talk always good chatting with you kenny um appreciate yeah, you hopping on the podcast um any last words before you head out yeah so i think the last thing i kind of wanted to talk about so we already kind of went over 30 roster spots for omega the big thing is it's going to be a 300 dollars buy-in mm-hmm. for omega it's a big one so first First place is going to get 3000 Wow. Second place is going to get one. Third will get their money back. And we're also going to do $100 to best record. Okay. Which leaves about 30 bucks for Guru of the Week, week in and week out. And the big thing, which I know Joe's talked about before and I'm also really excited about, is I think we're going to do an extra 5 to $10 buy-in on top of the 300 and that's going to go towards a championship ring for the winner. Wow. So, so winner's going to get, gonna get be a new customized ring? championship ring. So rather than having a trophy that could potentially get broken like <laughs> it might have been in the past, uh, we're going to get a, a championship ring that is you and yours if you win Omega. And a uh, new one each year for each champion. Wow. Wow, that's so. big stuff, man. That, that's fun because you can customize it to the person they can get. Exactly. Want. You want to do a little shout out to your to your team name, to your players, however you want to do it. Like, got 160, 100, 100 bucks to work on it. So, um, I think that's going to be real cool having uh, some extra stakes there on the line come uh, championship weekend in week 16. Wow, an Omega Super Boring. Wow, that, that, that's an awesome idea, man. I, I'm excited for that. Um, we'll see if you're wearing one after this year. We'll see. We'll see who's wearing it. We'll see who's wearing it. But um, maybe you can add it to another one of those Boston collections you guys got over there. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, hey, anything else before I get going? Oh man, no. I think it's good. It's good to talk. Get some things in Omega. We'll we'll chat up a little bit here next few weeks. Just get some updates on the process with recruiting, um, and just how everything's going with Omega. Uh, appreciate your time, yeah. man. Appreciate you hopping on. Always good chatting. Um, have a good one, bro. Yeah, see you, man. Peace out.